This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's another beautiful day for baseball in Los Angeles. Baseball podcast. Josh Schaefer and Blake Harris cover everything Dodgers right here on Inside the Ravine. Hello and welcome everyone to episode two of Inside the Ravine, a brand new Dodgers podcast presented by Odyssey Sports. With Blake Harris, I'm Josh Schaefer. Thanks so much for joining us for episode two. Blake, how's everything going? Uh, Going great. Uh, We picked the perfect time to record because apparently Joey Gallo is having his best game as a Dodger, already has apparently a nice diving catch, hit a three-run shot over 400 feet, so... Uh, we're missing the Joey Gallo game, but if it means recording episode two, I'll take that 10 out of 10 times. Yeah, so uh, like, like Blake said, the Dodgers are playing right now. Um, the most recent games include taking two of three uh, from the Padres at Dodger Stadium, and the Giants series is currently going on right now. Uh, the team did lose last night, um, so kind of a tough one um, on what was at the time of uh, – it was Monday, so at the time of recording, we're, we're doing this on Tuesday night – um, but on Labor Day, the Dodgers fell to the Giants. Um, but that comes after, you know, first the tough loss to the Padres, but then they win 12 to one on Saturday, and then another big win for the Dodgers, nine four on Sunday. So after the tough loss, you bounce back and steal a couple more from the Padres, and that seems to be the trend, not just this season, but the last three years. The Dodgers continue to kind of beat up on the Padres a little bit. But right now, the Dodgers are a little bit beat up themselves. Um, A handful of injuries uh, and some of the latest news we've got going on include Bruce Dargratterall being placed on the I.L., David Price going on the I.L., along with a handful of other pieces in the bullpen that are a little bit banged up. And so is Gavin Lux. Yeah, I mean, first off, touching on the thing with the Padres, I mean, it's not just the last three years. It's like the last 15 years that they've been dunking on them. I I, I can't remember. It was a couple series ago, but they put up a graphic, and it was like the highest winning percentage against a team in Major League Baseball since like 2012, and it's the Dodgers against the Padres. I think they're winning like 75% of their games, but yeah, especially the last three years, but this stretch especially, I think they've won seven straight series, um, like 19 of 23, so it's a dominant run, not a rivalry, but uh, people want to keep calling it. But yeah, uh, this is a, a tough stretch for the Dodgers because they are dealing with a number of injuries. Um, a lot of guys, like you mentioned, Gavin Lux, not on the aisle currently, but he currently has like a neck issue or a back issue. The Dodgers are being kind of weird of it, but they're not placing him on the aisle, which I personally don't understand. When you have a month left in the season, you have the division wrapped up. Like, why not take advantage of putting a player on the aisle? Uh, bring up like a James Alvin, bring up an Edwin Rios, but they're choosing not to put him. But a lot of uh, a lot of pitching guys that are currently on the injured list are currently rehabbing in the minors. And uh, we actually have a clip from Dave Roberts from yesterday talking about when we can see some uh, some guys back in the bullpen. Um, Tommy's going to throw tomorrow. He He's doing really well. Um, we exchanged texts. Um, we're on a good little group thread together. He feels good. Um, and then Bruce Dar. 
uh, feels really good. Uh, I think he should be getting off a mound soon. Um, his catch play was good, pain-free. And then Yancey yesterday from his uh, bullpen felt good. So he'll be back on the mound, I think, tomorrow and use his, his entire pitch mix. And so hopefully he'll be back soon as well. So it's good news that you hear essentially all three guys are potentially going to be back in a couple weeks. And then I think he mentioned today Danny Duffy and Victor Gonzalez are two names that we can see in a couple weeks. So, yeah, there's like four or five guys that we could see at some point in the middle of September, which I know we talked about this in the last episode about how the Dodgers should approach September. And it's essentially going to be like an open audition. If you pitch well, you're going to be on the postseason roster. If not, uh, well, at least you could hang out in the dugout and watch us win games. Yeah. I mean, and this, like you said, this is something we talked about last week was it seems like there's going to be an influx of pitchers coming off the IL that are going to be bullpen pieces. And at this point, who is going to fit where? And that's the biggest question. Um, and, and so good news with, with Gratterall, um, good news with Tommy Canley and then, and then Yancy Almonte as well. Um, the other thing that that's kind of come out recently that we have talked about on our last show was, are we, going to be concerned about the Tony Gonsolin situation. And I think at the time, both of us said, maybe not. Uh, I don't think so. And I think that that might be changing a little bit based off of what Dave had to say today. Tony, Tony, uh, not really. He, he went out to 90 feet today. So I think, you know, until we get him out to 150, I don't see him, you know, that conversation being really relevant. Yeah. So in regards to like the bullpen arms, we heard Dave talk about, It'd be great to get him back. It's not a necessity, but with Tony Gonsolin, I mean, he kind of went on the IL, I think it was two weeks ago now, and a lot of people thought maybe it was a phantom stint, maybe it was to get him a little extra rest, and now we're hearing it's going to be a bit longer than expected, and I know, Josh, we talked about this in the last episode, what's your level of concern, and we had it pretty low, but, you know, we're getting days closer to the start of the postseason, and hearing that he hasn't even really started throwing yet, and hasn't resumed any bullpen sessions, usually you have to take into account, once you start throwing, once you get some bullpen sessions in, that's probably going to be two weeks it might be a little less might be a little more I think two weeks is a good frame so if he's not doing any of that right now let's say he starts in a couple days that's two weeks all of a sudden you're looking at the last week of September so again you don't want to get too concerned yet but hearing you know Dave say he came out today and said we're not quite where we wanted to be my my concern meter with Tony Gonsolin's getting a little higher last week we were at a one but I think we're at about a three and a half maybe even a four today I want to say it was Saturday we're told um, that Gonsolin was going to play catch. And it seemed like, all right, yeah, you know, it's starting to progress a little bit. And it seems like since then, things have not been progressing. So I think that maybe that level of concern for Tony Gonsolin's recovery is is a little higher than it was uh, when we last talked about this uh, a couple of days ago. Um, but, but that's kind of where we're at right now is it, we're kind of in limbo with the Dodgers, you know, starting rotation right now, whether it had been Gonsolin who was hurt, obviously, uh, Bueller was out for a while. Kershaw or Bueller is going to be out for a while. Um, he's done for the year. Kershaw just came back, uh, last week. And then also you get Heaney back too. And he hasn't been as impressive as he was before, uh, his time, uh, or before, um, but, you know, it's I think more of the concern is now on the starting rotation than it even is on the bullpen, which it might have been a week ago. 
Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. A lot of people have been saying, you know, why did the Dodgers not acquire a starter at the trade deadline, which, one, the asking price was astronomical. We saw what, like, the Mariners had to give up to get Luis Castillo, and I'm glad the Dodgers didn't part with their top prospects, but another reason was they had a, a lot of pitching depth. I mean, they had six or seven starters. Now, obviously, we're seeing some guys starting to go down, but the main reason why they didn't was because you had guys like Tony Gonsolin, Tyler Anderson, Andrew Heaney, guys that can fill in, but I, I am interested interested to see what happens in regards to the Tony Gonsolin news because personally I know we didn't touch on this last week but there are a lot of people that are asking what's the starting rotation going to look like come October and I pretty much always thought it would be Julio, Kershaw, Dustin May, and Tony Gonsolin with Tyler Anderson and Andrew Heaney going to the bullpen. Well if all of a sudden Tony Gonsolin isn't ready to go you're having Tyler Anderson come into the starting rotation or potentially Andrew Heaney and Andrew Heaney He's the one I want to touch up on because he's the biggest wild card to me. I'm very interested to hear your thoughts. Obviously, he's I think he's only made 10, 10 starts at this point of the season. I forget what exactly the number is, but it hasn't been a whole lot because he's had two separate IL stints. His first six, seven starts, he was fantastic. Had an ERA of 1.16. His FIP was really low, low whip, and he wasn't allowing any home runs, which that's been his kryptonite the last couple years. He just gives up too many dingers. But all of a sudden, the last four starts or so, I believe he's allowed 10 home runs over his last four starts. And last night was his worst outing of the year. He allowed four home runs. And we have a quick clip of uh, his post game last night. And I added this because I, I thought it was a great quote because he was essentially asked, um, why were you allowing a lot of home runs tonight? What was different? He was straight and uh, he was honest. First, what would you say? What allowed them to just kind of attack you. I was going shit right down the middle. <laughs> didn't do a good job of uh, mixing pitches very well, didn't put guys away, didn't, uh, you know, made mistakes, they capitalized, and, uh, you know, just, uh, just kind of a culmination of a few things. So, I love that quote because, again, he was throwing it right down the middle. I went back and I looked at the pitches that were home runs, and, yeah, they were right down the heart of the plate. So, with Andrew Heaney, this is where I think he's going to be a massive wild card, Josh. And again, I'd love to hear your thoughts because this guy, he's averaging 13.5 strikeouts per nine innings, which would be the highest among all starters in baseball if he qualified. You want to have a guy that's a strikeout machine, especially coming out of the bullpen. I think if he's coming out of the bullpen for one or two innings, he's able to get a couple strikeouts. I think that'd be huge. But now that all of a sudden he's starting to allow a lot of home runs, that might be a reason why you don't have him in the bullpen because if you're bringing him into the game with a one or two run lead, the last thing you want is a guy that gives up a lot of homers. So if this home run trend continues, if you're the Dodgers, would you rather have him in the rotation where you can afford him to give up two home runs and hopefully the offense backs him up? Or because of a strikeout ability, you might only need him for one inning. Are you hoping and getting on your knees and praying to the gods that he doesn't allow one or two home runs in his lone inning of work? Yeah, it's it's uh, well, first of all, off that quote, it's, uh, you know, he's self-aware. So yeah. <laughs> I think that's probably a good sign, too. But, you know, at the same time, like you said, only 11 starts at this point this season, 11 games, 11 starts, uh, 52 innings. I mean, it's not it's not a lot. Uh, obviously, he's had two separate IL stints. Um, but at the same time, even with just those 11 starts, he's on the verge of having statistically one of the best seasons he's ever had if not the best season he's ever had at least as as a, a really solidifying a role as a starting pitcher um you know last year he spent a lot of time coming out of the bullpen too um so he we've seen him do both 
uh, in the past. Obviously, he's mostly worked as a starter. And I think when it comes down to it, if he's a guy that you can get um, a few innings out of in the bullpen uh, come playoff time, I think given what he's done this season, I think that's a reliable option. Now, again, it does raise the question, if he doesn't kind of reel it in here these final few weeks of the season, um, then what are you looking at come playoff time if he's not going to be in the starting rotation? Uh, and obviously there's still a lot of questions about that because we've talked about Gonsolin, you know, Kershaw had just come back and, you know, we, we don't know what that whole situation with Tony Gonsolin is going to continue to look like. But if you think ahead that, that Haney's not going to be in the starting rotation, then my first thought is he's going to be a good bullpen piece. But if he doesn't remain consistent, then maybe he's not. Maybe you don't want him to come in if he's, you know, prone to give up the long ball here and there. Um, maybe he's not the guy you want coming in with a one run lead, but when it comes down to it, you got to think like, let's say somebody has a bad start in the playoffs and you've got Heaney in your bullpen. That's a guy that's going to come in. Who's been a starter all season long. That's been a starter. Most of his career that can likely come in and you can get a few innings out of him. So um, I think that that might be a really reliable option at the end of the day too. Yeah, It's going to be interesting. I mean, a lot of time to figure it out. And the thing with Heaney is, when when he's not allowing home runs, he's been fantastic. I mean, even, even over these last four games or so, when he's allowed like 16 runs, I think like 13 or 14 of them are because of the long ball. Like, he's not allowing multiple hits that result in runs. It's he allows a single and a guy hits a two-run home run or he allows two solo home runs. So, literally, as long as Andrew Heaney is keeping the ball in the park, he's a fantastic weapon for the Dodgers. And like you mentioned, if Tyler Anderson only is able to go three innings, having Heaney available to go three or maybe four, that's going to be huge. So he doesn't necessarily need to be used as a one-inning guy, but I think he's a wild card for the postseason. But again, we have a month to figure it out. So, But uh, I, I love that quote. Again, straight, simple, forward, and uh, he held nothing back. So I, I love when players... Uh, it's weird when you hear him cuss just because you just don't expect it, even though you're probably expecting them to be dropping swear word after swear word in the dugout. But I always like when you hear a player cuss because it's just such a rarity nowadays. Yeah, it's always, especially in that setting too, because you don't really, you expect them to be a little more like cliche. Um, I think right. that that's the best <laughs> thing about, you know, interviewing athletes is when you or at least when you look back at it and be like oh that's a cliche and that's a cliche and then you can start to figure out the baseball cliches and the football cliches but then when you right. drop something like that it's always <laughs> it's always interesting um right. the dodgers take two or three from the padres they drop game one to the giants um and game two against san francisco is underway right now um we had kind of talked a little bit about you know the where the team was at and what we expected from them coming down the stretch and what we thought the lineup might look like. And now it seems like these last couple of games, uh, he's actually not in the lineup tonight, um, ironically, but somebody who since the end of August seems to be a really good bat in the lineup has been Austin Barnes. Um, and he's got 13 hits in his last 10 games at the time of recording. And um, Austin Barnes has started to get really hot. He's on a four or five, I believe he's on a four game hit streak right now. What does his role look like down the stretch? I mean, going back to our conversation from our last episode, uh, is he a guy that you think you might see in the lineup more often than Will Smith if it comes down to the Dodgers clinching much earlier and then having to play out the rest of the season? Yeah, you want to take this with a grain of salt because this is a 10-game sample size. It feels like he's in the in the lineup a lot more often than he is, but I think he was um, he was out for a week back during that Kansas City stretch because he had a family emergency. But over his last ten games, 
Barnes is hitting 382, OPS of nearly 1,200, three homers, nine RBIs, two doubles. Again, 10 games taken with a grain of salt, but he's been one of the Dodgers' best hitters over the last few weeks. And I don't know, because we all know that Austin Barnes is one of the best defensive catchers in all baseball when it comes to pitch framing, which is, you know, a very underrated thing in regards to Major League Baseball. He's fantastic there. And uh, Max Muncy just hit a two-run dinger. So a beauty thing of uh, doing the show live during the game is we can give you our updates. One day it's going to turn into Josh doing play-by-play, and I'll be his color, color analyst like in the Royo Seco days. We, we, but, we've done this before. We need to hunt down that yeah, broadcast. We do. We do with Henry coming on and swearing. But um, I, I think Barnes is going to be a huge factor because essentially anything he gives you with his bat is a major bonus. If yeah. he literally, if he walks, that is something you'll take. If he gets a base hit, that's something you'll take. And he's a guy we've seen in the postseason have big moments. I mean, you can make the case he's the reason the Dodgers won game six of the World Series. If yeah. he doesn't get that hit off of Blake Snell, they likely don't take him out. He knows where the Dodgers end up. So I think with with Austin Barnes, the Dodgers are also in a really good position because you have Will Smith, who you can just use as the designated hitter. So if Barnes continues this with his bat, I think he might earn a few more roles uh, in October. We know he's Kershaw's catcher. We know that a lot of guys probably trust him more. And again, defensively, he's the guy you prefer over Will Smith. But again, if this bat continues, he doesn't have to have an OPS of 1,200. If he's just able to hit 230, get a few walks, um, I think he will earn more at bats which would be huge for the Dodgers because having a guy like him uh in your nine hole able to contribute would be massive for the Dodgers yeah this is uh here's here's a fun note that I saw on Twitter the other night uh this comes from uh our, our friend Jack Harris over at the LA Times uh a, a, also a, a fellow not related Sun yeah no, not related. No relation but a fellow Sun Devil um he pointed out that since uh August 17th Austin Barnes is 10 for 22 with three home runs, eight RBIs, and an OPS at 1.369. Now, coincidentally, that is also the day where uh, Dodgers uh, insider David Vasse was injured in Milwaukee. Um, so I don't know if if uh, it was a rallying cry or anything like that. Uh, Barnes alluded that it was. Um, but, um, of course, he'd been starting to, to get the bat going a little bit more before that. Um, that series as well, but Austin Barnes maybe maybe a decent bat in the lineup down the stretch and see what you get come postseason as long as he's getting on base. Yeah, the thing with Austin Barnes before we leave this topic, about a week or two ago, I was down at Union Station uh, with the AM AM seven ten ESPN uh, Sedano and Cap show because every week I'm I'm a guest on their show and they were doing a live show and I said the week prior yeah, for every run the Dodgers score I'm going to enjoy one cold beverage and uh, that night Austin Barnes. Had four RBIs. So uh, Austin Barnes, I don't even know. That might be his career high, if we're being honest, four RBIs. So the best game of his career was the night I said, I'm drinking a, drinking a beer for every run the Dodgers score. And Austin Barnes said, yeah, let's let's get four in for this guy. So yes. just because of that, Austin Barnes, uh, thank you. <laughs> well, on that note, we're going to take a quick break and come back for more on Inside the Ravine. All right, Blake. So we kind of talked about uh, on, on our last episode, you know, what we expect from the Dodgers. And I think that the, the, the best part of the conversation was um, when we went to fair or foul, um, which is going to be one of our recurring segments on the show. Um, and you asked how many I don't remember what the exact number was. I think you said it was 25 games. Dodgers win the division by 25 games. 
Uh, was that what the mark was? I think it was, yeah, 25. 25 games. Okay, so then we go to a new question this week. It's not fair or foul. We've got something else coming up in a few minutes. Um, but our, our, I guess our next question is when we come further down the stretch here, we've got the Dodgers' magic number dwindling down to clinch a playoff spot, to clinch the division. Where do you want to see the Dodgers clinch the division this season? Yeah, so this is an interesting one. I started really thinking about this a week ago because I was like, we know they're going to clinch the division, but where exactly are they going to clinch it? So I went ahead, I looked at the schedule. So as of right now, as of this recording, uh, I believe the, the magic number is eight. So right now the Dodgers are winning, and I just looked it up, the Padres are losing 4 nothing. So let's say both those things happen and the Dodgers' number magic number goes down to six. Well, they have a weekend series this week at San Diego. Now, essentially, if they win one or two of those games, that's going to knock it off fairly quickly. So it could come in San Diego. If not, it's likely going to come in Arizona next week. Barring a major collapse, it'll have to happen in San Francisco. So if I had to choose between those three, we've already seen them clinch in Arizona. They had a pool party. They went swimming. Half the team reportedly peed in the pool, which is fantastic. We've seen them clinch in San Francisco. But how sweet would it be to clinch in San Diego uh, in front of that fan base that passionately ever since 2019 hates the Dodgers and uh, having the Dodgers celebrate another NL West title. I think that would be the cherry on top. Obviously, you want to clinch a Dodgers stadium. I think that'd be the best. But if you had to choose one location to clinch this year especially, I, I don't think you could ask for a better spot than Petco Park. And knock on wood, it looks like it's lining up for that to be the case, barring the Dodgers essentially getting swept this weekend. Yeah, I think that uh, obviously that would be fun. Um, see, you, you look at the schedule ahead. I, I, I just every time I see the Diamondbacks, I think of the of the pool game, um, and the Diamondbacks fans just still talk about that all the time. Yeah. Um, here's the thing: is if you get down to it, obviously there's still after this Padres series next week, there's still you know a handful of series remaining, so you're not going to have um necessary and, and the the last time the Dodgers go down to San Diego is at the end of this month and by then they will have probably already clinched um or at least you know I'd like to I'd like to think so um if they didn't then things have started to go very poorly uh, right but uh yeah I think that 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 San Diego would be nice but what if you get down to a point where you can somehow knock them out of a playoff position knock them out of the wild card you wouldn't you wouldn't officially knock them out if you could knock them down a few pegs and clinch in San Diego, I think that'd be nice, but you need the Brewers to win a couple of games too. Um, I, I think that the dumb cliche answer is Dodger stadium. It's always fun to win at home. Um, so I, I, you know, going to games growing up, you know, I've seen them clinch a few times at home. So, so that's always fun just cause you get to see the team celebrate, um, you know, uh, at Dodger stadium, which is always fun, which they didn't get to do in the world series, obviously. But, um, yeah, I think if I could pick somewhere else, I think it would probably be San Diego, but going to need to keep winning. Yeah, well, I was going to say, well, they have a, after uh, tomorrow's game, they have a nine game road trip. So <laughs> if you want to see him clinch at Dodger Stadium, you're going to need about a seven or eight game losing streak yeah. followed with like a five or six game winning streak from the Padres because uh, it looks like it won't be happening. So like I said, barring some collapse, like it yeah. should be this weekend in San Diego. I remember a couple years ago, I want to say 2019, maybe 2018. I think they clinched like in Baltimore 
And it literally looks like they just won, like, game 92 of the season. Like, they did not care in the slightest. They just won the division. Um, actually, I don't think it was... Tw- it was 2019 the year they had game 163 against the Rockies? It yes. might have been. I'm losing track here. So maybe it was 2018, but they clinched in Baltimore one year. And it was, like, the most just... I I need to YouTube this to see if I can find it. I don't even remember I've, this. Yeah, that's well, No, I mean, I guess when you've won 10 divisions or 11 divisions over the last 12 years, you lose track of which ones. I mean, outside of, like, outside of the Charlie Colberson one and Game 163 and the pool party, I don't really know if I could tell you who and when they won the division against. I think there was one against the Giants in San Francisco maybe six or seven years ago with Kershaw on the mound. He yeah. threw, like, a complete game. But, yeah, we've they've just had so many division winners I, I don't have them off the top of my head. Look, I think I'm going to change mine. And, and it was after you brought up the Giants. I'm thinking Friday, September 16th at San Francisco would be a good time to clinch. Just after last year. And then winning that series in the playoffs on the road, too. I think that would be a good place to clinch. I can get behind that. Yeah. Um, so we talk uh, about clinching the division and getting to October. And then at the same time, um, it, we're not even at our questions yet. But a little tease for the questions um, is, uh, is people want to know about Cody Bellinger. Um, and, uh, I know that, um, there have just been an influx of questions on our social media about what the Dodgers should do uh, with Cody Bellinger. So we we can't ask all of them when we get to that segment, but right now, at least what do we want to see, not from Cody Bellinger, but from the team involving Cody Bellinger when October comes around, what should we expect? What do we want the Dodgers to do? when it comes to Cody Bellinger, who's been struggling mightily this season and last. Yeah, th- this was a question that got asked a lot. I did take one or two that kind of ask around it, so we'll get to those in a bit. But just the broad answer, uh, the good thing is they have a month to just give him a runway, let him figure it out. But come October, I mean, this is a guy that he's been the worst hitter in baseball the last two years. I saw some tweet that, like, among players with at least 700 plate appearances, he has the lowest WRC+. Plus. Um He's near the bottom in a lot of categories, and again, I, I get you can afford to have him as your number nine hitter, but at this point, he's nearly a guaranteed out, and again, even a guy like Joey Gallo, he's going to walk a lot. He'll hit a lot of home runs, but with Cody Bellinger, sure, he still has the power, but he's not walking at the rate Joey Gallo is. He does play amazing defense in center field, but then again, so does Trace Thompson. And I think if you have Trace Thompson in center, Joey Gallo in left, not only does that give you better options at the plate, your defense with Mookie Betts is still fantastic. So I don't know what's going to happen with Cody Bellinger. If I were to guess, I think he'll be platooned and he'll be more of a late inning defensive replacement because, again, at this rate, I, I just don't, I, I can't see him getting three to four at bats a game. It just seems hard to fathom at this point. So here's my question, I guess, before I, you know, chime in with my opinion where do you value his defensive capabilities at this point because objectively i think he's one of the better defensive center yeah. fielders or just defensive outfielders in general uh in major league baseball so how how much of that even is relevant at this point not not as high as i was a couple months ago because i agree i, I think overall he's the best defensive center fielder in baseball but Trace Thompson has been playing amazing defense in center field. And at this point, he needs to be in the lineup every day. I know he was brought here to hit lefties, which he hasn't done. He's actually hit righties. 
but he needs to be in the lineup every day because he's earned a spot, which means that that leaves open either left field or center field, depending on which way you want to go. And I do think between Joey Gallo and Chris Taylor, other guys have to have a bat. So while Cody Bellinger is the best defensive center fielder, I don't think it's as, as, as important as it was a couple months ago, just because they do have options that maybe not are not as good, but you still have some really good fielders out there. So... I broke this down into a few different ways to look at it. Number one, he's great defensively. One of the best, yeah. if not the best defensive center fielder in baseball. Obviously there are a handful of guys up there. Um, number two, he doesn't have a hit in his last five games entering today. He's 0 for 16 in that stretch. Number three, he hasn't homered since August 21st against Miami. Uh, number four, in his last eight games, he has one RBI and two runs scored in his last eight games. However, if we fudge the numbers a little bit and think of what they could be come playoff time and say game one of the postseason, Cody Bellinger's your number nine hitter, and he has roughly, as an estimate, we'll say 20 home runs and 60 RBIs, but he's hitting 200. You take that? Probably. I mean, probably because... At the end of the day, he's your number nine hitter. You don't need a guy to be putting up all-star numbers, but you do need a guy that's going to be serviceable. You need a guy that's going to be posting an OPS+, plus, a WRC+, plus, whatever you prefer, right around league average, which is 100. And I think right now he's down to 76 is what his OPS plus is. So he's significantly lower than that. But the thing with Cody Bellinger, last, and this is the, the only thing that I think will give him a shot. For some reason, this guy continues to deliver in the postseason. He has big postseason moments. He was awful last year. He was actually worse last year than he was this year, which is hard to believe because he's been so bad this year, but he was significantly worse last year. And last October in 12 games, hit 353, OPS above 900, drove in seven runs, and had probably the two biggest hits of the entire Dodger postseason. And like I said, he was worse last year. So although the numbers aren't going to be where we want them to be, I still think because of his experience, He's a guy where even if I'll ask you, Josh, let's say he finishes the season going three for 30, no home runs or anything like that. If he sit ninth in game one of the NLDS, I'm still going to feel somewhat comfortable just because we've seen him in the postseason deliver. Now, how much of a runway will we give him if he goes 0 for 4 in game one? Then I think it might be he needs to ride the bench in game two. But if he comes out in game one and goes two for four with an RBI or two, then he might just have to write it out and say, you know what, this guy just can deliver in October and we'll, we'll, we'll take him as our number nine hitter. Yeah, I think I agree. I mean, I think that's what I would take. And I think that, you know, I, it is frustrating sometimes when he comes up and you think to yourself, uh, this is probably going to be an out. And then it is. And you're like, yeah, I knew it. And you're all frustrated. But at the same time, like we're holding the guy to kind of ridiculous standards. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, a rookie of the year candidate uh, or a rookie of the year, um, you know, MVP, like it, we j silver slugger. It's just all of those early on, all of those early career accolades, I think weigh him down too. And granted he's changed his stance, what seems like five times, but, yeah. and, and, you know, at this point, I think a lot of people, especially out there on Dodgers Twitter have seen the Jerry Hairston rant from a couple of nights ago on, on Sportsnet LA. And, 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 you know, Jerry didn't say too many things that were inaccurate. 
Uh, yeah. And he kind of voiced the frustration that a lot of Dodger fans have. So I, yeah. I, I get that. But I do think that we continue to hold Cody Bellinger to this ridiculously high standard, which uh, is kind of warranted, right? I think it is warranted. Um, but at the same time, you know, if we've got a guy that's hit 17 home runs, I, I believe the numbers right now are 17 home runs and 55 RBIs yeah. or somewhere like that. Um, yeah. I had it written down somewhere. But at that point, like if you got a guy hitting 200 with 17 home runs and 55 RBIs, if the playoffs started today, I think I'd take that as my number nine hitter. Yeah, just b- before we go off of him, I'm at the point now where, yeah, I don't need him to be an all-star. I don't need any of that. If he's a league average, he is a more than valuable piece. Because if he's putting up an OPS plus of right about 100, which is league average, hitting 20 home runs, stealing 15 bases a year, and playing amazing defense in center field, that's a guy you'll take on your roster any day. Like I mentioned, right now his OPS plus is 75, so a, a good chunk under league average. But if you can just get that up to the mid-90s, like, Dodgers will take that. I'll take that. It's just got to get it up a little. Got to get it to the, like I said, low 90s, and we'll take it. Yep, I agree. Uh, we're going to take another break here, but before we get there, we're going to introduce our next brand new segment, something that I think we'd like to see come back a little bit. Blake doesn't know what this is going to be. I'm excited. Um, this is our first ever edition of Bay or Beach, and what we're going to do is I'm going to list five items, and you ha- or five, five different things. They could be any different topic. Today's topic is is ballpark foods and you have to tell me if you can get them at dodger stadium at oracle park or both to make sense okay because you were at oracle park about a few weeks or a month ago so this is fresh in your mind i was there about 15 years ago but then again i don't know what lunch today was so i don't think i'd remember 15 years ago what i experienced there so uh let's do it bay or beach josh it should have been it should have been a uh ocean or ocean because uh Max Muncy said, go get it out of the ocean, mm-hmm. even though That's it's true. Even though it's it's not actually an ocean. That's true. Unfortunately. Well, I mean, it's a bay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's close. Bay, enough. lake, All right. stream. What's so the this difference? Is, this is something that I think we can bring back with a, a handful of different items. But the topic this week is ballpark foods. And that's going to be a tease for something later that we're doing. Before, but before this break, we've got bay or beach. So, again, the game, I tell you an item. You tell me what ballpark you can find it at make sense okay perfect let's Let's do do it it. play at home if you're following us on twitter tell us how many you got all right item number one is called the crazy crab sandwich oh that that's easy we're gonna go with a bay okay you got oracle park you're one for one one for one okay all right am i am i supposed to say bay or beach or do i have to say the park i i missed that part of the game whatever you want all right you can do whatever you want going with bay Okay, Bay. So he's got Oracle Park for number one. That's correct. The crazy crab sandwich is at Oracle Park. I didn't have that. I don't like crab. I looked it up, though. It looks good if I liked crab, but I don't. Number two, we have the extreme bacon-wrapped dog. Oh, that's a Dodger State. Oh, no, we're going beach. Beach. We're going beach. Beach. Okay. Two for two. That's a Dodger Stadium. I believe it's in the left field pavilion. All I right. don't know where you get any of this stuff nowadays. It's all over the place. It's all over. Number three, the Cookie Monster Blue Cookie Dough. Ooh. There is a place down the street, Josh, now that you're a Pasadena resident. It's called Handel's Damn. Ice Cream. They Ooh. have this Blue Monster Cookie Dough Oreo ice cream that is fantastic. Now, no unfortunately, 
Unfortunately, unless, you know, you want to sponsor us, Handles, but uh, unfortunately, you cannot get that at Dodger Stadium because that is in the Bay, but you can get wow. it at Handles. Wow. That's correct. All right. That's correct. Cookie Monster Blue Cookie Dough. I thought I was going to get you with the blue, but at Oracle Park, apparently you can just go to Cookie Dough stands and they just lump that in a bowl for you, and there's your cookie dough. That sounds fantastic. It does. I, I was afraid you were going to say you weren't a cookie dough guy. Um, okay, number four. We've got Dole Whip. And oh, Dodger State. Disney oh, wait, no. Sorry. Again, uh, we're, going to, we're going beach. Is that your final, going beach. final answer? That's my final. Like that's only partially correct. It is. Oh, so now we're having. Oh, see, now that's when we're getting just out of hand here, saying both. Okay, that's fine. I'll take half a point. Bay and beach. You can have half a point. I'll give you three and a half so far. Yeah, the, right, the Dole Whip is like making a making an appearance everywhere now. It used to be a Dodger or a Disneyland thing, and you can get good. it at Dodger Stadium. Yeah. Apparently, down the down the street here, there's a Hawaiian barbecue place. They have Dole Whip now, so. Oh. We're gonna have to uh, go there too. <laughs> so you can just get dole up apparently anywhere now. <laughs> All right, number five, the Korean short rib bowl. Ooh, this might be a stump because I know the Dodgers now in their brand new outfield pavilion. They do have some sort of bowl. It comes like in a giant baseball bowl. Repeat the name again. The Korean short rib bowl. See, I'm going to go with Bay because I don't think the one at Dodger Stadium has short rib in the title. Blake, that's incorrect. Oh, no. Oh, man. You were you were doing well, though. I was even going to give you the, the .5 from, from the fourth one. I think that rattled me. I think it threw me off my game. It's okay. You still did well. You got three and a okay. half out of five. Three and a half okay. out of five. Above then, average, listen, I'll take it. That does it for this week's edition of Bayer Beach. Join us in a couple of weeks. Um, at the end of this month when the Dodgers play the Giants again and we implement this again, but a different topic. I like it. I'm looking forward to it. I had no idea when I saw the rundown Bayer Beach. I'm thinking, okay, this can go so many different directions, but this was fun. I, I like guessing games where I have, I have to have no knowledge of anything. All right. Well, if you've got any uh, any ideas for our next fun segment or uh, our next edition of Bayer Beach, make sure you tweet at us uh, at Inside the Ravine on Twitter. Uh, for now, we're going to take a quick break and come back for more Inside the Ravine. All right, Blake, it's now that time for the show where we uh, dip into the mailbag and read some questions from viewers. I know that uh, you've got a handful already picked out. Um, we already kind of touched on the Cody Bellinger conversation. We had a, a huge number of people asking about Cody Bellinger and what the lineup looks like come October. Um, but uh, but let's see what else you got for us. Yeah, so in regards to our mailbag, again, if you guys want to ask future questions, follow us on Twitter at Inside the Ravine. We always open it up over there on Twitter. So if you have any future questions, whether they're Dodgers related or whether they're Bayer Beach related, because you have uh, food questions you guys want, uh, feel free to ask us there. We had a lot of questions this week, more than last week. So apologies if we couldn't get to every question. But staying on the topic of uh, Cody Bellinger, I think that's a good uh, question to start us off with. This comes from Scotty Lou 24 my man. And Scotty, you have to choose one to play, Cody Bellinger or Chris Taylor. Man, that's a good question. Okay, so it's two kind of guys, like two guys with great postseason history with the Dodgers, but two guys that have been 
pretty awful at the plate this year. Yeah, yeah. They they really ever since CT three has come back, he's he's struggled quite a bit too, um, and it's tough because Chris Taylor was so good last year too. I mean, this was this guy was the all-star, you know, debate and kind of burst onto the scene too. And finally people started paying attention about him or paying, paying attention to him. And then this year he just hasn't had it. Um, if I have to play one, I think, I mean, going back to our conversation from earlier, I think for now, if they're batting from my nine spot, I think I'm taking Cody Bellinger. Um, and I think that that could change. But again, like my, my point earlier, if your number nine hitter has 17 home runs and as of right now, 55 RBIs and he's in your nine hole, I'm, I think I'm taking that, especially if you've got the defensive capabilities that are second to none to go along with it. Um, and I'm not saying CT three is not good defensively because he's reliable wherever you play him. Yeah. Um, but I think I'm taking Cody Bellinger. And I think that one of my first guys off the bench might be CT three, at least defensively. Yeah, this one for me was actually really easy. I mean, Chris Taylor, he started off the season doing fairly well, but even before he hit the IL for a month, he was pretty bad. Over his last, I want to say, maybe 70 games, he has an OPS below 600, but over his last 30 games, he's hitting 146, OPS of 516. He's striking out in about 40, 45% of his at-bats, so he's a strikeout machine, and again, this is a guy where come October, maybe he'll just flip the switch and he'll be your go-to guy, but he's he's been really bad. Like, Cody Bellinger's been bad, Chris Taylor's been worse, and again, at least with Cody Bellinger, he offers more home run upside, and he doesn't strike out as much. Cody Bellinger, I think, strikes out 30, 35%, but Again, Chris Taylor is about 40%, which you need to put the ball in play. Like, as long as you're putting the ball in play, anything can happen. But as of right now, if I had to choose because of the defensive upside, home run upside, not striking out as much, I'm going with Cody Bellinger. But again, Dodgers have an interesting, interesting uh, decision on their hands. Jerry McCloy wants to know, do you think Clayton Kershaw returns in 2023? Man, I have no idea. Um... I, I hope so. I kind of went into this season thinking maybe this was it um, because I just had, I don't know if I really had doubts or if I was just, you know, with thinking very negatively uh, about, about the off season at the time. I don't know. Um, I, I, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say one ups, three ups for one more. I, I answered the season thinking it was his last, and I still think it will be. Especially if the Dodgers win the World Series, I think oh, that yeah. 100% he'll want to go out on top. But knowing him, it's just he is such a family guy. He's essentially accomplished everything he's wanted to. And the fact that he's starting to deal with more injuries on a year to year basis, luckily it's not the arm, but it's just his back, his lower back, things like that. I mean, I feel like he can only take so much. I feel like the only way he comes I, – I don't think he goes to the Rangers. I think he'd rather retire than go to the Rangers. Like, if you're going to go home, you might as well not play for a bad team. I think the only way he comes back is if he just says, you know what? I want to do this one more year. I want to have, like, kind of – not necessarily a full farewell tour, but kind of one final year to take truly take it all in, which I think he's been doing anyway this year. Like, he's been way more easygoing than he's been in years past. So I think he already has that mindset, but – 
If he wants to do one more year, maybe he has his eyes set on 3,000 strikeouts. Maybe that's like a, a real personal goal of his. So I think he's maybe a little over 200 away so he easily can get it next year. But yeah, as, as of right now, I'd say like 75, 80% chance uh, this is it for him, which I hate, but at the end of the day, makes sense. I get it. The dude has been around for, I think, 16 years. He's you know only like 34, but when you debut like at 19... <laughs> You have a lot of Indians under your belt, so I wouldn't be upset with him. Um, our next question, who would win in Dodgers fantasy football? They recently had their uh, big draft, which the thing I love, I don't know if you've noticed they do this every year, and it gets a lot of fans all riled up because they see these photos of them wearing these NFL jerseys, and people are like, oh, I don't know, this person's a fan of this team. Whoever they draft with their first pick, they must like plan this in advance. They wear the jersey of whoever their first pick is. So you, you see all these guys wearing these random jerseys, and you're like, oh, I didn't know Evan Phillips was a Colts fan. But it's no, because he, he took Jonathan Taylor number one overall. So if you took everyone on the Dodgers team, I, I know they, they they team up and whatnot, but let's say everyone on the Dodgers uh, 26-man roster, coaching staff, front office, everyone is in this fantasy football league. Who do you think is pulling out the uh, championship victory? Well, remember when when Farhan Zaidi was with the Dodgers, he he built a dynasty, um, and it was yeah. like a huge thing that he was that he was winning. I, I don't remember like I, I remember looking up like list of Dodgers fantasy winners, and I don't think I found like an actual one. But you can kind of piece the years together a little bit. Um, but I know that he, his team was really good, and it was a huge deal in Kershaw, and and I think it was Stripling. They were like co-managers. Yeah, and they uh, and they beat Farhan. Um, I, 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 I just have a feeling that Turner and Muncie are big football guys. They, they just, they just seem to be that way. I think Turner is, um, I think Turner's a USC fan. Obviously a couple years ago, he and Pollock had the couples costume where they dressed up like USC and Notre Dame football players. Yeah. So, um, I think I'm going to take Turner and Muncie. Um, I think the, cause I think they do pairs, right? Do they do that? Yeah. So if they do pairs, I'll, I, I'd, I'd like to have Turner and Muncie running a team together and see what we can get yeah i don't know about a pair but i just have like some odd feeling that austin barnes is like really good at it <laughs> i don't know why i i couldn't give you a reason i just feel like austin barnes is good at fantasy football he might not be he might not even care but for some reason austin barnes i'm gonna go with him um, I did have one question that actually just came in to our Twitter, so I didn't have it on the dock. This comes from this comes from Cookie. Should the Dodgers offer Joey Gallo a prove it deal in the offseason? So we were talking about Joey Gallo earlier in the show, having an incredible game so far. A couple years ago, this was a guy that was an all-star. He's a gold glove winner. He has probably the best power maybe in all of baseball. He's kind of been down the last two years, but when he's going right, and we've seen glimpses of it. He's amazing defensively in left field or essentially wherever you put him. And again, he offers maybe the best power in baseball. So if he continues this trend, he's a free agent this offseason. Would you like to see the Dodgers uh, bring him back on a one-year deal? Uh, I mean, I think it, I think for me, it depends more on what the rest of the team looks like. Um, because if if you think that you can go get Joey Gallo for uh, on a one-year deal, um, if he has a good postseason, and, and hopefully, if you can get him relatively cheap, I say one hundred percent cheap. I say one hundred percent yes. I mean, yeah. wh why not? I mean, he's he's one of those guys that just has um, through the roof potential. Um, he's not very old. Um, you know, he he was his deal to the Yankees was was 
talked about heavily at the time and then it just did not work out for him and i think the whole um the whole just topic of joey gallo has totally changed and the connotation of joey gallo as a as a hitter has gone from positive to negative um so so yeah i mean i think that even this stint with the dodgers for a while he was there was a stretch after the trade deadline where he had more hits or he had more home runs and the Yankees had wins since the yeah. deal was made. Um, so uh, I think that the potential is there. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'd say yes. I think it would be good if everything's um, coming together. Um, then, then yeah, I say, why not? Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, this is a guy where I, I think he's thriving in this role right now with, you don't need him to be an everyday player. He's a platoon guy. I have him in there against righties and, you know, when he's playing every other day or so, I don't mind it. Um, I don't think he's an everyday player anymore unless he's able to turn things around. But you have a guy which, again, can hit a home run, any at-bat, draws a lot of walks. I mean, that's the weird thing is that he strikes out so much, but he has one of the best eyes in all of baseball. And again, he plays gold glove defense. So if you get him for a one-year deal, depending on what the Dodgers outfield looks like next year, I have no problem with it. And he seems like a great guy, too. He's getting along with a bunch of guys. Um, he's currently... Uh, climbed up my girlfriend's list of favorite Dodgers because, and I quote, he's 6'5". <laughs> so that's uh, that's <laughs> all you need to know about not. that. And I am not 6'5". I'm taller. Um, our final question comes from Ruben, and this is when he actually sent me a DM. And not Dodgers related, but we do like to have some baseball, to baseball discussion here on the podcast. What is your take on the AL MVP race between Aaron Judge and Shohei Otani? It's... It's interesting because I think if you just look offensively, and this is no offense to Shohei whatsoever, but I think if you're just looking offensively, it just it just has to be Aaron Judge, right? Um, I mean, the fact that the guys hit over 50 home runs, he's got 54 home runs, 117 RBIs, and then he's also still hitting above 300. Their wars, I'm pretty sure, are, are similar. They're both like just above eight, um, which is impressive. Judge, like his OPS is 1085 right now. And that's on the season. That's not like Austin Barnes since August 17th. Like that's on the season in 131 games. So I think for me, I'm leaning toward Judge just because offensively he's been so good this season. It is hard to exclude Shohei when he's just been phenomenal these last couple of seasons and then even you know this year he's hitting 270 he's got uh you know he's got over 30 home runs um but at the same time he's also pitching and he's got a sub three era so um i think i'm gonna take judge just because i think his offense has been so impressive this season um but um it's it is close though I saw this tweet, it was from Jeff Passan last night, where he essentially, he listed like four players, like player A, player B, player C, player D, and it was essentially, it was Shohei's numbers hitting and pitching compared to other numbers, and pretty much Shohei this year is hitting slightly better than what Mookie Betts is doing, and you can make the case Mookie Betts is second or third in MVP race in the National League, and pitching-wise, he's essentially Shane McClanahan, who is probably the Cy Young favorite, maybe, or second in Cy Young after Justin Verlander. Shohei's doing both of that, so I get he won last year, but I, I still think what he's doing on both sides of the ball, it's unbelievable. 
He's having, again, an MVP season at the plate, a saying season on the mound. I get Judge is going for 61. I get he leads in, you know, majority of these categories. But the fact that Shohei is having both these kind of seasons, I'd give it to him. I, I got no problem giving it to him, but back-to-back years. And, again, it, it's going to be a tough race for voters this year between those two guys. But if I had a vote, I don't have one just yet, I'd give my vote to Shohei. You know, other than the Bellinger conversation you and i have disagreed quite a bit today so i think I that that's it. i mean not that i disagree but i think <laughs> we've just gone we, we've just chosen different things i, I kind of right. like it um, i do too yeah so that's our mailbag again you can you can uh respond to us on twitter um we also are, are tweeting things regularly from uh our, our account uh at inside the ravine you can follow us there on twitter on instagram uh, we also have tiktok as blake mentioned last week too um, haven't figured it any, out just yet we don't have any dances up yet but we're working no. on those um we just want to make sure that we're together when we can do those um yeah. but yeah so make sure you can tweet us our questions at inside the ravine on uh, twitter uh, and instagram um but there's something that we can't agree on and that's when we do our draft for this week's show so to round out the show as we did last week we're going to do another draft last week uh, we did our, the best baseball movies. Um, we each drafted five, so there were ten picks total. Blake started off. Uh, Blake, do you have those results too? I do. So do me, I'll oh. just write them off right now. So Josh picked 42, Field of Dreams, A League of Their Own, The Benchwarmers, and Summer Catch. Man, I, should, I, I should, really should have ended with Summer Catch. You should. And I, I took The Sandlot, Moneyball, Fever Pitch, Bad News Bears, and Rookie of the Year. The results are in after... I actually don't mi- know because I stayed away from the voting. Oh. I stayed away from it. After millions upon millions of votes. I mean, the fans were going after this one. We had one. We had the winner come in with 65%. Oh, yeah. And it was yours truly. Oh, yeah. It was yours truly. Um, maybe Summer Cats just uh, doesn't resonate with a lot of people. People really need to just see it, you know? You know, people, people really need to go out and see that movie. But we did have some comments. One actually came from at uh, Jordan K underscore 23 saying neither should win. No major league. Is this a joke? A lot of people that replied were pretty much upset only because of no major league. And as if you if you caught last week's episode, you would have heard me admit that I've never actually seen it all the way through. I've seen parts throughout um, on TV in the years. I've probably seen the whole movie like connecting it to one. but I've never actually sat down and seen it, even though it's the most Blake Harris movie apparently ever. I actually had somebody that said, uh, you should watch all of Moneyball. Just text me that. Out of the blue. Yeah. <laughs> hey, by the way, watch all of Moneyball through. So I was like, okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, more people should watch Summer Catch. Um, I also did see a couple of uh, messages about Bull Durham. Um, yeah. So Bull Durham's a good movie. Um, as far as I know, and I've been told this by multiple people, there are two baseball movies that are made about non-major league teams that feature real life teams and those movies are bull durham and summer catch there you as go as far as i know there you go yes sir all right so we got a fun draft <laughs> josh why don't you uh why don't you take it away and introduce what the uh, topic is going to be this week so going back to our last conversation um in bay or beach about choosing which food items were at which park Our draft this week hopefully will resonate with Dodger fans again as we draft the best five food concessions at Dodger Stadium. And Blake, I'm going to let you have the first overall pick. Oh, interesting. I I just figured it was going to be you since I went first last week. 
Mm-hmm. Well, well, thank you. Which ha- it makes me think you have some strategy in mind. So, wow, I I got the one on one. So again, if you guys uh, make sure to go follow us on Twitter at Inside the Ravine. So when you see the graphic, you can vote for who you think has the best overall list. But if I got the one on one, well, this is a this is a no brainer. They did change them in years past. They're not as good as they once were because they are no longer Farmer John. I don't know what the brand is, but they are not as good as they used to be. Get the Jumbo Dog, pay a few bucks extra, because it is better. I'm not spending $8 on a tiny wiener. Give me the big wiener, Josh. I like them big, and I'm going with the Dodger Dog. Are you going all beef? Why, sure. I I, I ain't doing that uh, beef-free hot dog. I'll tell you that much. I ain't doing um, the plant place. It's the one that's like a Dodger, a dollar more. When you what, go the to plant the Dodger based? Stadium, Dodger Dog, <laughs> the Dodger Dog Express, they're like, it's $6 for a Dodger Dog and $7 for the all beef. And you're like, whoa, what's in the normal Dodger Dog? Yeah. But oh, yeah. I've, I've ones, seen that too. <laughs> the best ones are Loge level, second, that second deck right behind the plate, the grilled all beef ones. Yeah. Those are the best ones. Yeah, grilled grilled Dodger Dogs for sure, but I also agree when they say it's better beef or more beef or whatever, I'm like, okay, then what exactly am I eating Yeah. in this dog? But then again, I don't really care because it's delicious, but not anymore because it's not Farmer John. Yeah. Well, um, I did actually plan on taking the number one pick, but I don't know what happened. The spirit grabbed me, um, and I just decided to relinquish it to you. So I had Dodger Dog as my number one pick. Um but coming up uh, with uh, with my next option, my first pick, um, I'm going to go with the garlic fries. Oh, you evil yeah. man. The, gar- you. the little garlic fry helmet. Those are so good. And you know what? I almost put those on that on that Bayer Beach, too. But apparently, apparently, and I didn't have them when I was there, um, but Oracle Park has their famous, like, Gilroy garlic fries. Um, so... Next time, we'll have to go and we'll have to try those with the cookie I, dough. I thought for sure garlic, garlic fries, I thought, would easily come back to me. So mm. this is this is when things get interesting. So I'm going to go with my second pick. I am glad, though. I will I – will, it, it was between two for me for this next one. I, I knew I'd get one of them at least. So I'm going to go with the nachos. I'm going to go Ooh. with the nachos, whether they're the helmet nachos or they're loaded with five or six different things, or if you're just feeling kind of plain and simple, which we're all feeling plain and simple every now and then. You just want some chips and cheese, that's fine as well, but a good old nacho helmet, you can't go wrong with that. So give me a Dodger Dog and give me some nachos and give me the restroom in the seventh inning. For fans of the Harris Highlight Show that might have stumbled their way over here, you'd know that Blake is a big fan of combos. Oh, the um, nacho combo? Yeah. <laughs> Combos. Um, I'm gonna I, I, I'm gonna go on a similar route, and I'm gonna take the carne asada fries helmet. Those are those are gnarly. They're like they'll they'll get you for like fifteen bucks. But yeah, they're still good. <laughs> they're still good. Yeah, bring your checkbook to Dodger Stadium if you're getting food. <laughs> because good lord, like I remember one time we went to a game. It was MJ and I, and I was like, okay, I'll get the tickets for the game. And she was like, okay, then I can get the food. Well, little did she know the food would be more expensive than the tickets and parking to the oh, game. Mistake. <laughs> yeah. Mistake. She was played. Um, yeah. All right. So Carter on a budget. So he's going to go for the $20 reserve level tickets. And then with go. the parking, there's 50 bucks right there. And then you just order all the food and just drive that bill up. There you go. Uh, so for my third pick, a lot. I mean, I, apparently everything at Dodger Stadium comes in a helmet. 
I mean, I don't know if Dodger Dogs come in helmets nowadays. Maybe they do, but everything goes in a helmet. So I'm going to go with an, an item that goes in a helmet, and that's going to be the soft serve ice cream. Uh, it's a very basic one. Every stadium has it, but you can't go wrong with soft serve in a nice little helmet. Uh, I like when I get the blue helmet. I don't like getting the gray helmet. I don't need the pink helmet. Give me the blue helmets. Um, I, I need that. And they have a bunch of different you know ways you can get it made nowadays, but just give me vanilla. Maybe a little chocolate drizzle on there, but I want, I need it in the mini helmet. If I'm not getting the mini helmet, I don't want it. Yeah, you need the mini helmet. I like the gray one, though. I don't want the Dodgers to wear a gray helmet, but I kind of like yeah. the gray one. If you've I don't get the gray. The I don't know why they have a gray one. Who wants gray? Why do they have a pink one? Well, that one I get, you know. I like pink. I mean, yeah, I mean, I like pink, too. But yeah. I just mix it up. I like yeah. the gray. It's not that bad. Um, okay, so so for my third pick... Here's something um, that I, man, I mean, if you couldn't tell already when I came up with the idea for the draft and for Bayer Beach topic today, it was before dinner. So I was very hungry. Uh, And now here's something that I wish that I could have. um, And it is uh, the churro sundae that you can get in the outfield pavilion area. This thing's gnarly. Anytime somebody walks by, I'm like, man, I'd put my my savings down on that. And then you actually see how much it is. And you're like, Hmm, I just can't afford that. Um, but yeah, the, the, the churro Sunday from the outfield pavilion is, uh, is the dessert of choice. Yeah. See, I'm not a fan of churro Sundays because I need a churro warm, hot and crunchy. And it once it is. gets in the ice cream, it gets kind of soggy oh. and it gets a little, eh, I, I don't know about that, mm. but hey, maybe I'll, maybe I'll try it. Um, with my, with my next pick, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of them. I'm not a huge fan of them, but I know for most baseball fans, this is a staple. This is something that's required if you're going to a game at Dodger Stadium, and that's just a bag of peanuts. Simple, but people need peanuts. Again, not a huge fan of them. I'll, I'll eat them if offered. If someone says, would you like a peanut, I will accept their peanut. But if I have to choose, <laughs> I will not be eating peanuts. But I know a lot of people like peanuts at Dodger games, so we'll go with that. I believe I don't know if Dodger Stadium has a rule against this, but can't you bring peanuts in? You can, and uh, Mister uh, Mister Harris himself has for the last twenty years goes to Vaughn's, gets a Dodger bag of peanuts. I don't know if you heard this. This story came out in the L.A. Times about a month ago. There's this guy. I forget what his name is. I should know it because he's a Dodgers legend. He's essentially been working at Dodger Stadium since like the '60s. He may have been at the Coliseum. But his, like, famous stick was he would, like, throw you peanuts. Like, he would Roger do it behind the your back. Oh, is that him? Yeah. yeah it's probably, yeah, probably thinking about. Yeah. And he can't do it anymore because apparently it's a liability because, of, I don't know, maybe one day he hits someone in the face with a peanut. But apparently it's too dangerous and people nowadays will sue over anything. And I guess he can no longer toss bags of peanuts at people. Wow. I mean, I think that was his name, right? It was, maybe. I think it was Rod. Yeah. Ro- uh, yeah. Roger the Dodger. He uh he's yeah, one of the best vendors of all time. Yeah. Just the absolute man. Yeah. So he he was I believe he used to do um loge level behind the Dodger dugout. And when I was a kid I used to get um tickets there and he was always right there um throwing the bags of peanuts. <clears throat> Just throwing them sections like sidearms slinging them Mahomes just two people diving between little kids. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome guy. So, but the, the, you know, Mr. Schaefer also brings in the bags of peanuts, but he goes to Ralph's. So, oh. that's All right, that was your fourth pick. <laughs> 
That was. Okay. Here's one that I had to take advantage of last night because it was after a Dodgers win, too, two nights ago. Um, I'm going with the California Pizza Kitchen personal pizzas. And I went See, last night. I've heard one. I've never didn't I've never gotten one. But the amount of times I've heard from people that those uh, CPK pizzas are so good. I, one day I'll get it. But apparently yeah. a lot of people like going to Dodger Stadium to get a mini personal CPK pizza. And they're, you know, they're, I think they're only like 10 bucks too. So, so they're pretty good. I, w- I, I recommend. And then I also took advantage of that, uh, that deal. Obviously, if you sign up at a game, you get the emails every single day. You yeah. could survive off of the Dodgers deals because they're so good this season. You could literally survive. Yeah. Um, so we got we got one of those personal pizzas last night at CPK, and it was pretty good. Uh, and then the ones at the ballpark, it's a good option. It's like a perfect amount of food. They're not really they're not cheaping you out on it, um, and, uh, and they're I, I think they're reasonably priced too. Yeah, all right, I, I like it. So we have my fifth and final pick. Um, I, I've included, so I got a Dodger dog, nachos, soft serve, and a helmet peanuts. I fit everything across the board, but there's something you got to have to drink. And, uh, me personally, well, if I'm going to the game, I'm drinking a Diet Coke, but hey, that's just me. Maybe a Sprite. I'm, go- I'm going through kind of a Sprite phase right now. Really, uh, really enjoying Sprite, but hmm. if you have about 30 bucks to spare, <laughs> you're going to get a, you're going to get a Michelada or a Michelada. Okay. I, I don't know if I'm saying that properly, but I'm going to get a Michelada. 30 bucks, um, people people down two or three of those per game. People love those. It's a Dodger Stadium staple. So you, might have, gotta, you, could have just, you could have had four picks that everybody thought were bad, and you could throw that in at the end, and you would just reel the vote away. I know. So I'm going to go with that with my fifth and final one just because, again, you, you do need something to drink at the game. I, w- I was going to go with beer, but, again, I'm not spending 18 bucks on a Michelob Ultra. No chance. <laughs> the Mick Ultra. <laughs> they don't have any. It's like Michelob Ultra, Bud Light, or that's it. And give me neither. Golden give me Road. water. You know they have. Yeah, a, I guess they have what's it called? Um, the the Blue Heaven Blonde Ale or something like that. Never had it, but I think that that's a, a golden. It Road sounds good, no but yeah, I've, I've never tried it. No free ads. Now here's here's uh, now I, now I have a dilemma. So you went beverage with your last. I could go with a beverage for my last pick, but you've also kind of nailed down the staples. I think the yeah. staples of like you're not not specific, but your staple foods. The only one you're missing is the garlic fries, right? Yeah, so, I'm still bummed about that one. So okay. can we trade? No, can I give you like a future pick, like a uh, <laughs> like you have six picks and I have four? <laughs> you have future considerations. Um, yeah, future considerations. Do I do I go beverage? Do I nail it down with something specific, or do I go with my girlfriend's favorite thing that she gets at games, um, just so she's not mad at me? You go with that one. That's the clear That's option, the especially if she's listening to the show, which okay, I expect her to. Staple. I think it's a yeah. staple. Okay, I'm okay, interested. So I was going to go beverage, and I was going to go mango cart, because that's my go-to if I'm just taking in a game as a fan, you know, sitting, you know, in the $10 seats upstairs and spending three times out on parking. Um, I'm going with the frozen lemonade. I I have that on the list, but because yeah. I went with the uh, soft serve, I didn't want to double down on dessert, but... If I had to actually choose between the two, I'm going with that frozen lemonade that takes about 20 minutes to uh, de-thaw before you yeah. can finally eat it. And the guy's walking down the aisle with the box with the dry ice in it, and it's yeah. just 
Yeah, and it's just like, oh man. Yeah, those <sighs> those are pick. good. And they get the little wood spoon. I don't like the oh. wood spoon. Um, but but I, I like the idea of the wood spoon. Personally, yeah. I, it's just not for me. Um, yeah. Funny story about that one time. So they, I believe they don't sell those at any of the stands. Um, you don't. Uh, you have to go get them from one of the actual vendors that's like walking around with them. Um, and my girlfriend and I are at a game earlier this season, and it's hot, and she wants one. And um, it's, you know, day game, and we're, like, walking around. We can't find them anywhere because they don't have them unless it's the vendors. So finally, um, like, a vendor's walking in with an empty case. I don't even know if it was the, the minute. The, the, I think they're minute made, whatever, with the frozen lemonades. And he's walking, and I was like, hey, man, like, do you know where I could get one of those? And he was like, just wait here, bro. And he, like, walked off. <laughs> he walked into the snack shack, like, the concession stand, and then just comes out with a card reader and, uh, and a frozen lemonade with two spoons. He's like, here you go, man. And I was like, thanks, man. I just paid for it right there individually. Skipped all the lines. The homie. I tell you his name because I hope he keeps his job. But <laughs> he was the man. And uh, I was like, oh, yeah. Hey, I hunted this down for you and gave it to my girlfriend. It was great. That guy is the man. I think about him every day. I hope he's doing well. I'll think about him too. So to wrap this up, um, I got a Dodger dog, nachos, soft serve in a helmet, a bag of peanuts, and a michelada. Josh, what did you end up with? I ended up with the garlic fries, the carne asada fries helmet. So I doubled down with the fries. Yeah. Um, but we mix in a little. Hey, if, if you get some French fry lovers out there, you might win this vote. I might. All I need is some was one person who really likes fries, and I got that vote. Yeah. Um, I got the, the churro sundae. Uh, the CPK personal pizza, and then uh, the frozen lemonade. So those those are my five. Um, were there any – um, I, I had a few that weren't taken. Did you have a few that uh, weren't selected that we can go over the uh, honorable mentions? Yes, yes. Not to, uh, not to, you know, take you back to dark times when you didn't get the last one in Bayer Beach. Um, but I had a teriyaki chicken bowl at the, the place in the outfield. Um, I had one of the the extreme bacon wrapped hot dogs that you got, um, and then another one where the line is always so so long, and I want to oh, yeah, try this thing, but the line is so long every time I'm there, I just won't do it because I want to watch the game. The pulled pork hot dogs from the King's yeah. Hawaiian Grill, I think it's on the reserve level. It just looks so good. I've never had it, but people walk by all the time. I'm like, man, I would I would pay a lot of money for that. Yeah, I mean there are some. Like, you could have included, like, a Shake Shack burger where they have so many new food items where I was like, do I go with things like that where, you know, I'd rather have, like, a Shake Shack burger over a Dodger Dog? Or I know, like, uh, there's, like, a Lasorda's thing in Wright Field where it's, like, Italian food. I think they have, like, pizza and Italian food there. Like, never try just because, again, I'm not trying to spend two innings in line uh, waiting for my food. So some good options. I had some basic ones. I had a pretzel. You know, you can't go wrong with a good old-fashioned pretzel. A box of Cracker Jacks. I'm yeah. going with the the true basics here. And ending it with a uh, a helmet item, a popcorn helmet. A helmet oh, yeah. filled with popcorn. But I still stand by, I cannot eat popcorn anywhere unless I'm in a theater. Really? I don't get people, I don't understand people that get it at Disneyland. I hmm. don't understand people that eat it at a, at a game. No, I need popcorn in a movie theater. Wow. But hey, no complaints there, so... But yeah, again, you guys can find us on Twitter at Inside the Ravine. Vote for your favorite. Let us know. Also, send us a DM or reply with potential draft ideas because with a couple shows a week, then again, we 
infinite draft uh, ideas, but we'd love to have you guys involved in some form of capacity. So if you have any sort of draft idea for Josh and I, let us know on Twitter at Inside the Ravine, or you could DM us personally, but hit us up on Inside the Ravine. We want to yep. talk to you guys there. Yep, we're uh, at Inside the Ravine on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, he's on Twitter at Blake Harris TBLA. I'm at Josh Schaefer 25. Uh, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and of course on the Odyssey app. We always appreciate your feedback, so feel free to leave us a rating and let us know what types of segments or topic drafts you'd like to see in the future, as Blake mentioned. Um, and we're always uh, looking forward to that feedback. Uh, and obviously, uh, like, like we said, you know, feel free to leave us a rating. Uh, we always really appreciate it. Um, that kind of wraps it up for this week. Um, this has been Inside the Ravine, a Dodgers podcast for Dodger fans, uh, and as always, presented by Odyssey Sports. He's Blake Harris, TBLA. I'm Josh Schaefer, and we'll see you next time. Have a great day, wherever you may be.